spent the first week, we went through uh, some introduction of Revelation, kind of talking about some historical settings, what was going on at the time Paul wrote, or not Paul, John wrote this letter. Um, And then last week we spent some time talking about some interpretive things. How should we view Revelation and the different ideas out there? Um, Allegorical versus literal. And we're going to lean toward the literal interpretation as we go through the study and uh, that just keeps us consistent with what God's Word says and you get kind of down that allegorical uh, path and what it may mean to me may be different to everybody else and then we're off into strange lands at that point so we will stay into a literal interpretation as we go through this so today we start in verse 1 we're just going to read the first three verses Bible says, verse 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. We kind of mentioned verse 3 a little bit last week. Blessed is he that readeth, and that hear these words, and keep this prophecy. But as we start in verse 1, we got several different things just right there. It's going to kind of, we, we've talked about some of this, but we're going to uh, follow kind of what we have here in the, in the lesson. We have the title of this book, just right off the top, The Revelation of Jesus Christ. There's only one. We've mentioned, not revelations, revelation of who? It was Christ's revelation. Who gave this revelation to Christ? God said, which God gave unto him. So we have God giving it to Jesus. And who did Jesus give it to? Us. Uh, look, look, at our, look at our verse a little bit. Who did Jesus give it to? The angel. An angel who gave it to John, who now gives it to who? Uh, so there we go. Okay. So the revelation is from Jesus. And we got our first mention in Revelation of an angel. Of an angel. And we're going to spend... Uh, the angel is mentioned more times in Revelation than any other New Testament book. Some I think some 70 sometimes. So... As we go through Revelation, we'll spend a lot of time talking about angels. Um, But we have John getting this revelation. How did John get it? What's it say? Verse 2. By record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus and all of the things which he saw. He gave him a vision of what was going to be uh, happening 
in the future. You, uh, I think we, we all tend, I love the old Star Wars movies. You're either a Star Wars person or you're a Star Trek person, right? I haven't met that many who are both. I'm Star Wars. Who's Star Trek? You're both? I can't, I can't do it. Yeah. Neither? If oh come on, yeah, I mean, Star, you're, we're always kind of intrigued with what the future may behold, aren't we? I think we are. I mean, we're, we're we we are. Um, it's just interesting to us. Technology. You know, I read a book in the '90s. It was written by Bill Gates about the house of the future. I was thinking about this the other day, but he talked about how this house would know when you enter the room and how it would then adjust the temperature based off your preferences. And I remember reading that in the 90s going, wow, it does that now. Yeah. I mean, technology allows for that. Uh, how, you know, the, the music would follow you from room to room on, on different systems if you had it. Well, you could put a an Alexa in every room and have it do that. I mean, from the 90s when he wrote that book, he was thinking kind of future and he was able to kind of see what was coming. So we're always intrigued by that. And it was just, and all that's just kind of guessing. It's just guessing. But this, this revelation that Christ is giving to John is actually what is going to happen in the future. It's, I mean, this is, when you read this book, when we study this book as we get forward in it, these are actual events that will occur. Now, when will they occur? What's it say? Verse 1. Unto him to show unto his servants things which must come, which must shortly come to pass. What's that mean? It actually kind of gives the connotation that when they happen, they're going to happen quickly. And they could happen at any point, at any time. Now, I, th and I uh, kind of mentioned the last couple of weeks, when you have, you go back in church ages, you see, you know, during World War II, World War I, how many people thought, like, you know, maybe Hitler was the Antichrist. And certainly um, Armageddon and, and the rapture is going to happen at any point because times were very tough during that point, right? There's a little bit of a problem during that time. Israel hadn't yet become a, a, an actual uh, state. Well, now they are. Now they are. So certain things have lined up now in, in our time that we're not too far away from being able to say it actually could happen at any moment. Things have lined up. Things are lining up. Um, and it could happen at any moment. And once they happen, <laughs> it keeps going. I mean, once the first event happens, this timeline starts. And it's not going to stop until the events are through. 
And in the end, we see Christ reigning, right? You know, I was thinking when I was uh, studying on this this week, and we just went through the Gospel of John uh, a year or so ago, and as Jesus was preaching and teaching to these crowds, what often happened? What would have happened? These crowds would become kind of riled up. They're like, all right, we have our conqueror. We have our king. We can take the Romans. And he would become, you know, wait, no. It's not time. And then separate himself from those crowds. That wasn't what he was there to do, right? And he was crucified. When he comes... The second time, that's what he's going to be there to do. It's time now. He's going, it's his time to be that king, to be that conqueror. All men who, who um, don't follow him, they're going to face judgment at that point. He will be that conqueror in the end. It just wasn't the time then. Well, we're getting close to that time. As the book, as uh, they say, it must, it's, it's shortly to come to pass. Now, when they read this back in John's time, do you think they took it as it's shortly to come to pass? It could happen at any moment? Absolutely. Just because it hadn't happened in 2,000 years, does that mean it's not going to happen tomorrow? No. Now, some people read that, and that's what they say. Well, if John said it was shortly to come to pass and it hadn't happened in 2,000 years, well, that's proof that that's a contradiction. Well, no, that's not a contradiction. Somebody out in the hall? Or... <laughs> that's okay. Um, but it could, it could shortly come to pass at any point. And every, I think every age of church age has kind of felt that. Well, it's no different today. It could shortly come to pass at any point. So we have this, God gave it to Jesus. Jesus uh, gave it to an angel who gave it to John. And now John gives it to us. Us, meaning uh, the Bible actually says unto uh revelation which God uh, gave unto him to show unto his servants. You know, if, if you've given your life to Christ, you're his servant. <coughs> we give our life to him. He's our king. We're servants to him. And this is for us to know what's going to happen. I, and I think it's, it's, you know, it's the ability to kind of pull back the curtain, literally, to pull back the curtain and see, he gives us a glimpse. You're, you know, it's it's all gonna work out. It's all gonna. I'm gonna. You're on my team, so I'm gonna show you the, the game plan. And I like that pull back the curtain reference because in actuality, that's what revelation means. It's an unveiling. It's uh, you picture kind of something over the top of something and I'm going to pull back the cloth and unveil what's underneath. And you think, you know, and that's the unveiling of, of something that used to be hidden. What happened, I was thinking this, uh, go to Matthew 27, 51. 
I wrote it down this morning because I was thinking about this actually this morning. Matthew 27, 51. Jesus is dying on the cross. He's passed. And what happened? And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. The veil was torn in two. Remember that veil hid what was in the Holy of the Holies. It hid that from everybody else. Well, once Christ died, now it's available to everybody. You don't have to go through priests or anybody else to be able to have that. It was, it was revealed unto you. So you have that same revelation or reveal, revealing that, that, that uh, taking the veil off. I, I just thought that was that's interesting to me. It's, to be able to make known something that was not known, yeah. The thing about the veil, that thing was at least a foot wide, yeah, embroidered with gold and precious gems, and it was red from top to bottom. Right. How we couldn't have done it. No. <laughs> no, it wasn't a peeking behind the curtain. It was. It's a complete. Here it is. Here it is. What used to be hidden is now shown. Yeah. I wonder why I'm picking on you, buddy, but I wonder why the Catholics can't see that. Yeah. Their eyes are covered. Yeah, their eyes are covered. They're they're just they're clouded with uh, false teachings and and then you just when you know, it's like we say when we talk about the tribulation time, and we were talking last week, well, can people be saved? And the, the Holy Spirit's been pulled. Well, with the Holy Spirit pulled, you're going to be able to... How many percent of the world population just went, gone? And, and all these churches that used to be full are now empty, and somebody living a month later can't go. Oh, people that were at church under these teachings and know what's going to happen and they still won't get it they still won't get it because you know their their eyes are clouded mm -hmm. satan just but uh, do you think after the rapture that they might think ooh, that was true that i heard i, I would think so <laughs> to me it would seem obvious but i yeah. if you if you look at scripture i think it says that no they won't there it'll be difficult for them to see yeah, not impossible, but it would be, it'll be, uh, to me it would be obvious. It'd be like, ooh, oh, I missed that boat. But they're still going to be stuck. He's got the gospel angel going to be flying to and fro the earth. I mean, it's so, just, yeah. yeah um, it's 144,000 witnesses. Yeah. So we, you know, we have, we have that, this, this uh, system of this revelation being given to us from John through the angel and through Jesus. And then um, verse 2, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of all the things that he saw. John was able to see all of this occur. Uh, when we talked, you know, when we were talking last week about um, allegorical versus um, literal interpretations, you got John at the vocabulary of the time trying to describe things that are indescribable. I mean, I think that's why it becomes 
challenging, right? He's getting a glimpse into heaven, which, I mean, try to describe. I, I mean, we can't even fathom. We try to uh, best understand it as we can, and even that becomes mind-blowing. And he's trying to describe events during the tribulation and judgments and Armageddon and all these things, and it, it's, a, it's a challenge. So we have these descriptions that it's like, what? Really? I mean, so, I, you know, he's, he's just saying what he saw. And it's going to be interesting. And then we got verse 3, Blessed is he that readeth. Now, you know, I did some more study on that. It was actually interesting. Uh, and I, think, I don't think that what we said last week or, uh, is wrong necessarily when we say, well, you know, because we think, well, blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of these prophecy. And we're thinking, okay, we're getting ready to do a study into Revelation. And that just kind of tells us how important this study is, right? Um, blessed is he that takes this for what it is and realizes that this is a glimpse. This is an unveiling. This is a glimpse into the future, into the into the, the final game plan that's going to um, have Christ reigning and getting that final judgment on sinners. And, you know, it, for our class, it, it's kind of a... It, it, put a good weight, I think, on us as we begin this study to do it and give it the um, importance that this text has. Doing some historical reading on this, uh, back in the day, they would, in most cases, when they gathered, read text to groups. Everybody didn't have scriptures with them like, like you guys do. Um, the literal or people being able to read the text even was less. So it was common that they would take this text and read it aloud to groups. So for John to say, blessed is he that readeth, that would have been the mode of the teaching in the churches at that time with groups. So blessed is he, they would read that text aloud. And he's saying too, and they that hear the words of this prophecy. So he's to the congregations of the churches, blessed is he that heareth and that followeth what is taught. So, you know, take it from John's time, that was common. So, I, you know, is it still, you guys can now have this text at home and read it whenever you want. Um, I know folks that still even read it aloud to themselves as they're reading it. I've done that in different texts. It helps me sometimes just to hear the words as I'm reading it. So when you when you see the he that readeth, that's a that was the common practice then. He that readeth and they that hear the words of the prophecy, and then keep those things. And didn't that always the the key part of it? I mean, you can come to church, you can come to all the Sunday school classes, you can listen to you know, all the lessons and, and stuff online, and you can hear it, and you can study it, but if you don't keep any of it, what's the point? What's the point? Um, they went to YouthCon, and they heard 
and they kept it and it changed them, right? Um, that's just so, so neat to hear. Uh, it, the whole point is to keep what we're taught, to follow what we're taught as it's read to us, maybe, as it's taught to us. When we go to a Faith Bible Institute and we spend three hours a week for 17 weeks going through just three or four or five chap uh, books of the Bible over three years, point's not to just get some academic knowledge point is to get something that we can keep that we can take with us that we that will change our lives that will benefit his church that will allow you to minister to other believers what John say in first John what's the what's the key thing to you love each other so through the teachings and through the reading that you get something and that you take it and that you learn to love people a little bit more the ones that kind of pick at you sometimes so I find the words there in verse 3 to be especially meaningful there and keep those things which are written therein why for the time is at hand you're not guaranteed tomorrow well you know I know Lesson says I need to love my brethren, but you don't understand how difficult kin is to love. I'll wait until next week to be nice. Time's at hand now. It's today. Uh, maybe there's going to be some people with us in uh, congregation here in a little bit. I'm sure there is that are lost and, and need that decision. The time's at hand. How can we be an encouragement? Um, how can we be a, a help to, to them? Um, what can I do when I get home to share the gospel with somebody else? The time's at hand now, today. So we're not guaranteed next week or even tomorrow. So as we go through Revelation, we're going to get uh, all this kind of information, and it's interesting, and it's, it's prophecy, which uh, people always have a, an interest in. It's apocryphal, uh, you know. So we have this apocalyptic type events that are going to that are going to occur. Battle of Armageddon out here. We have all these these tribulation events that are going to occur to purify the world and judge those that that aren't uh, following. And it's going to be kind of interesting stuff, no doubt. But it's done so for a purpose. So you can see his plan. You know, he's kind of saying, you know, back when I was here before, again, I was here to teach, I was here to preach, I was here to proclaim the gospel. And he gave his life, crucified, risen. Well, now, the only thing holding him back is the grace of him not coming back and he wants to see other people be saved between now and then, right? That's it. That's the only, the only thing holding him back is the remnant that is still here that is continuing to share the gospel. And it's just not that time yet. But, it, but again, it will happen 
at any point. Uh, Go ahead. This may be a silly question to ask right now, but when John was writing this, and he's looking in the future, I always thought back, if I went 2,000 years back in John's time, and all of a sudden I'm looking way into the future, that, you know, that that's why this chapter is sometimes difficult to read, because he's seeing things that he's never seen before. That's kind of, you know, and I just think back from my lifetime, what all has changed in just the years I've been, and if you go back to my childhood, I would have never thought about computers or this or space travel and right. all this. So I wonder, we're seeing this through John's eyes at the time of his living yep. and how he's trying to describe things that he has no concept of. Can you say it that Well, way? I think, too, we got to keep in mind that um, John gave to us through what? Through inspiration of the Holy Spirit, too. So, is are there things that John probably saw that he's like, now, I, how, how do I describe this? And then he devotes himself, and through prayerful consideration, the Holy Spirit says here, and helps him pen this document in a way that can be interpreted for thousands of years and understood still. You know what I mean? So, you know, we can't... It's not John the man that yeah. really did this. It's John through inspiration that, that was able to pen this document. Because as a man, I think if you were to show somebody that, it would be just, uh, I don't even know how you would, res- yeah, it would be, you know, we wouldn't even know where to begin. Know where to begin. Only through the Holy Spirit could he actually have taken on a task and done that. Remember, he's probably in his 90s by now. After being burned with oil, I mean... I mean, so he's doing it after uh, having lived and seen and, and walked with Christ. And so, I mean, it's, he's got some back history. And, and, but, yeah, it's the Holy Spirit that's, that's really uh, through him that gives us this letter. It's good stuff. Right. You know, he's trying to use his language to describe yeah. the concept. I mean, you know, we're going to see into the future maybe, you know, uh, the Battle of Armageddon. And how would he describe some plane flying in yeah, the sky that's a jet fighter doing something or other? Well, how, he's like, I don't know, it's a eagle with wings. or I mean, I mean you, don't, you don't know. So, you know, every uh, church age has kind of taken that, and that's why they... You know, they can get down those allegorical paths, and we got to be careful not to steer down those paths ourselves and just take it for what he's saying. Um, and no, well, okay. Um, it's going to happen. It's going to happen the way he says it. We may not uh, understand 100% of it, but we're going to get the gist of it as we go through, that's for sure. <coughs> Hmm? That's it. The game plan is set. There's no last minute changes. Uh, there's no halftime where we get to adjust because the defense is different than we thought. Game plan is set. And things are 
working toward that point even now. And this is exactly how it's going to happen. Which is, you know, for the Christian, when you sit here in, in a time even like today and like every church age has experienced, I think, and in a time even for us, you look at our government, you look at society the way it is and the depriving mess that they teach in schools and and just everything going on it's like how, how what what is going on and our answer is well let me tell you i've read the book it's going to get worse before it gets better <laughs> wicked yeah we know it's going to get wicked why are you shocked by it right because they haven't read the book so as we know it's wicked, we need to be sharing as much as we can this gospel because there will come a point that it, you don't have that opportunity anymore and your, your eyes become clouded and it's going to be difficult. Right now we're in the age of grace and thankfully it's, it's easy to do or easier. So we'll keep this in mind as we continue uh, next week. We're having combined Sunday school in the sanctuary. I don't know who's teaching, but um, we'll have combined in the sanctuary because they're going to set all the classrooms up for school and back to school for Monday, and they want to, I think, do that over the weekend. So uh, next week we'll meet in the sanctuary, so we won't meet. And then I've already talked to Ken. We'll try and get some extra chairs and stuff um, for the week after. Any final thoughts? Yeah. Blank, yeah, and that's why you have that, you know, you have the Holy Spirit kind of pulled from the scene, and it just, when it's, you ought to be able to, there's going to be copies of this book laying around. <laughs> there always will be, and they ought to be able to see it clearly, right? But they won't. They won't. Then they blame God. Yeah. Good point. Point. All right, uh, Ken, we want to release this for uh, down to worship services. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for this day.